Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Race and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves Podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how are you doing today? What? Shaking, bacon. Oh, not too much. I had a grand old week. I don't know about you. What you drinking tonight, Cam? Uh, tonight, I am drinking an Oktoberfest beer from Foothills Brewing Company right here in old North Carolina, by God. Swig of beer for the working man. I love it. I love it. Well, I, on the other hand, uh, am going for round two of the weird beers. Uh-oh. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, This one is uh, very interesting. This is actually from the same brewery as the pickle beer I had last week. Uh, That is Martin House Brewing Company in Fort Worth, Texas. So what I have here is called Lemon Icebox Pie. It says it is a lemon sour ale brewed with graham crackers and lactose. Checks in at 5.4% alcohol by volume, and I have not taken a sip of it yet, so here goes nothing. All right. Okay, it's not bad. Yeah. It's kind of kind of light. It's it's oh yeah, it's it's light. It's uh it's it's very lemony. Um can definitely tell there's lactose in there because it just it Sours don't typically have like a creamy texture. Um, I I would be terrified to drink more than one of these because um, it it just seems uh, it's so sweet and there's clearly so much lactose in there that uh, multiple of these I I don't think would treat you well. Yeah, probably not. You'd probably uh, probably be sitting on the john, you know. <laughs> I, I, I think have you would, runs from a beer like that. I think you would be bent over it rather than sitting on it. That's fair. That's fair. But anyway, I'm gonna lie. I was I was uh, totally tempted to bring a Miller Lite on the show since I'm allowed to do it again. <laughs> I was well, very speaking tempted. Of drinks. Speaking of drinks, chatting average hey, podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink. Sports Drink is a conglomerate of all of your favorite sports podcasts like ourselves and our friends Doc and Dylan over at the Platinum Sombrero, who you can also find every week on Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is a live audio-only sports talk platform that you may have heard us on the other day when we were celebrating a win over the Brewers. Uh, and Basically, you get in. It's a, it's a live podcast. You download it for free on the iOS or Google Play Store. Get in there and interact with your with your favorite podcasts as they're hosting it live uh, and actually join into the conversation. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So check out Spotify green room today. Uh, we have a new sponsor as well that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge on symbol. You can trade sports teams like stocks and every time your teams win, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account, and when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD 
to make your deposit risk-free. Visit Symbol.com and use the promo code SD, that's SD for sports drink, and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. Uh, I don't know about you, Cam, but I feel rich this week because my team has has paid me out richly in terms of a full, full heart. It was it was absolutely delightful. How did you feel about the NLDS? Um, pretty great, pretty great. So, well, I, okay, I'll, I'll I'll hold off on my story until we get to the uh, the game four analysis. I, I have I have some fun fun. Fun stories to uh, elaborate on that with, but hey, you know, coming into coming into the series, the talk was that you know these were two fairly evenly matched teams that this should be a, a good showdown, and you know I think after the first game last Friday, I think you know folks were a little a little concerned, but not overly you know obviously you don't like being down one to nothing. But, you know, when you look at kind of how you lost that game, it was just a couple of missed opportunities, and you very well could have won that game. Then, of course, you come back and, and even up the series, which, you know, we, we talked about on last week's episode. But then we move into games three and four in Atlanta. Games three and four in Atlanta. Game game three started out a lot like games one and two, where both pitchers just came out absolutely shoving. Uh, luckily we had an Ian Anderson and they did not. Ian got us through five innings with no earned runs, six strikeouts, and very important here, no walks. Great outing for Ian, solidifying an already sterling postseason record of his. And then, yeah, and then the fifth inning came around. And it's not, it, it, Honestly, it's not often like Brian Snicker to go ahead and start pinch hitting in the fifth inning. But he saw an opportunity. Travis Darno and Dansby Swanson get on base, and you have the pitcher's spot up. Now, Ian Anderson's dealing, so might not at the time have been a popular decision to pull him, but who, who else are you going to put in? Scott for Scott's here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except it's Scott's turf build a rapid grass. You're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down. Okay. Let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate, subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Besides Jock Peterson. Hurley man himself comes up to the plate. The real Slim Shady. Yes, comes up to the plate. And all he does is hit a shoulder high fastball deep <laughs> into the chop house. 402 feet to right field, three run home run. That's it. That's all. Braves win three to nothing. Will Smith comes in and has a very clean outing. Full inning pitched, one strikeout, no walks, seals the deal for the Braves. Braves win game three and have a chance to clinch at home in game four for their second straight trip to the National League Championship Series. Cam, what did you think of that Jock Peterson home run? Um, 
I I probably laughed for a good five minutes at just where that pitch was located. That was the most disrespectful looking swing I think I've ever seen, too. And And the worst part about it all is that that's exactly where they wanted that pitch. Absolutely. That's exactly where we could do anything with that pitch. But but Jock Peters and and I'm I'll I'll look I'll break it down a little bit more. Just from my vantage point watching that, Jock Peterson, like it didn't look like he engaged his legs, his hips, his upper body, really anything but his arms. He just yeah. reached out and swatted at it. And again, very close to shoulder height. And I mean, he just gave it a hack. Absolutely <laughs> destroyed it. And that oh, was yeah. it. That was the whole game. The whole game came down to that one freaking pitch. And Jock Peterson put the team on his back. Jocktober is in full effect in Atlanta. That's yes. right, Hudson. Yes, Hudson. Yes. Hudson's lit. So, yeah, we, we shut out the Brewers two games in a row. Oh, man, that was fantastic. Pretty, pretty, pretty neat. So, all right, I I, I know that we we share some thoughts in, in the group chat that you and I are in. You know, we, we, we chat quite a bit. What exactly were your thoughts, though, after we go up two to one and knowing that the Brewers have to feel like they've given their absolute best shot at this. I I felt good about it. I I felt good about it, but at the same time, and this comes from, from just years of being uh, an Atlanta sports fan. I I just, I I had this, this feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, you know, it's only game four, but, but we have to win game four. Right. We can't. We we can absolutely not go back to Milwaukee to face Corbin Burns in Milwaukee a second time. Right. So yeah. So that you know that that's the talk all all Monday evening, and then you know most of the, uh, most of the day Tuesday up until about noon. You know the, the talk is who's going to be the starter for Atlanta. And knowing that Corbin Burns was not going to appear in game four, according to Craig Council. So at that point, I think once and Craig announced that after the game Monday, did he not? He did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think as soon as you have that knowledge that they're not, you know, putting one of their one of their top starters out there for game four then i think at that point that's really when you make the decision like okay step on the neck now and all right i'm I'm gonna get a get a little little deep little philosophical here okay all right so we wait all day or most of the day on tuesday to find out who's gonna start and obviously i think a lot of us assume that it would be morton on short rest of course but you know there was a lot of talk of you know do you go with a bullpen game do you give a no you know Enoa a chance on a short leash you know do you you know do kind of like a committee game you know with Enoa and Smite you know how how do you how do you handle this and then i think 
once the decision was made to use Charlie, use big game Charlie to try to clinch the divisional series for the first time in what feels like a, I don't know how long it honestly felt like the Braves made the conscious decision to step on their opponent's neck. Yes. Thank that, you for saying that. That's exactly and, what I was going to say. And, and so it, a decision like that, you know, and obviously the game, you know, the game got close and it was kind of a roller coaster. You know, we'll get that into that in a moment. But that decision, I think, shouldn't be taken lightly that, you know, Snitker and this staff and this front office made the conscious decision of we take no chances here of going to a game five. We step on the neck now and we end this now on our terms. When. When is the last time we felt like this team did something like that? I I, I can't think of it. Be, and and the thing that popped into my head when you were saying that is that so often in in recent memory, it, it seems like decisions have been made that have been reactive, that have right. been that have been adjusting to things that already happened, rather than being aggressive and imposing your own will. Right. And and that's exactly how I saw the decision to to start Charlie. Just just you know, we're we're winning it here. We're not going back to Milwaukee. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I I loved it. Loved it. So so we head into game 4 and we've got uh we've got Charlie Morton on the mound on short rest. None of us really knew what to expect out of him. Uh, there's not a ton of history for yeah, Charlie. Not a, yeah, there's not a long track rest. record of him doing that. No, no, not yeah. at all. So, so we had Charlie Morton going for the Braves and Eric Lauer going for the uh, for the Brewers uh, through the first couple of innings. Uh, Eric Lauer was uh, was very impressive. Uh, was 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 not fond of uh, of seeing him coming back out each inning. Uh, but just like the first couple of games did, those first three innings, it was all pitching. Nothing but pitching. Right. And then the fourth oh, inning oh, oh, hang happened. Hang on, hang on, hang on. But, but, but hang on. Before, before we get there, before we get there. Okay. I, I, I want to I address this because I, I think this, is, this could be a neat perspective. So you were, you were at the game. I was. You were at game four. Yes. Okay. So... Uh, how how soon before first pitch did you get there? Um, okay, so the game started at five. Four, it was five. It was a five o'clock game. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I arrived in the parking lot at one forty-five. Nice. Uh, hung out in the battery for a while. Uh, walked in as soon as they opened the gates, which was at three o'clock. Uh, so I, I was there. I, I was I was tied with about five thousand other people for first person there. Cool, cool. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it, it was funny story. Um, I went to the to the clubhouse store because I had seen the day before that they were selling uh, the they were selling some fake pearls uh, for October. Uh, right. at like three bucks a pop. And I went and got a couple of rally towels. Um, and I, I, I go up to the counter like, hey, I didn't I didn't see the pearls. Where do, do you guys have any more of those? And the guy looked at me and said, 
within 30 minutes of Jock hitting that home run, we were sold out, and there aren't going to be any more. <laughs> Mike, that's you know awesome. What? I get it. It makes sense. So uh, <laughs> I, I posted their overhead on those is probably like 10 cent. Right. I mean, yeah, they're they're obviously plastic, but um, I, I posted on Twitter that they were sold out, and I was disappointed because uh, it was it, you know. There's always a weird thing that that Braves fans latch on to every postseason. It was it was the potato for us last season, and it's the pearls this year. Um, so I posted on on Twitter that I was disappointed they were sold out. Uh, within like 90 seconds, uh, someone had replied saying, "Hey, I've got extras." Hey, uh, so wound up uh, getting that? a strand of pearls. Uh, so I was wearing that, and uh, I've I've never felt more confident about myself. Very nice. Very nice. All right. So we get closer to first pitch. And I yes. know – all right. So I know that I am the one that made you aware of some news that broke about an you hour were. and a half before first pitch. You were. You were the, and that you is were that, the first person to tell me that. And that is that Jorge Soler – tested positive for COVID before the game and was immediately pulled out of the lineup. How did that start to circulate around the ballpark? Um, you know, it wasn't too long. I, I mean, it was at the time it was kind of a whirlwind because I, I wasn't paying too much attention to other people. You had told me about that, and I was going around to to other sources on uh, around baseball via Twitter, trying to figure out exactly what was going on. And, and within probably 15, 20 minutes of you sending me that first message, uh, the Braves then posted their their reworked lineup, and right. and then they posted something about it on the big video board. So I think everybody that that got there early knew about it probably a solid hour to 45 minutes before first pitch. Gotcha. Yeah, so I, I mean, we there was also a little bit of confusion initially with the lineup because uh, I guess when when Solaire got moved to the 10 day IL. Uh, they had announced that they were replacing him on the roster with Christian Pache. And I guess a lot and of for whatever thought, reason, people automatically assumed that that meant that Christian was going to be leading off. Right. Right. Um, and, and of course we now know that, that he did not Dansby ended up hitting lead off that game, uh, which and killed it, which what in retrospect was a fantastic move. Um, yeah. I, I just saw a stat today that uh, Dansby Swanson has the fifth highest average exit velocity of all players in the postseason this year. Think about that. Lord. Think about that for just one second. That's uh, wild. All, all of the mashers that have per- participated in this year's postseason and Dansby Swanson's top five in exit velocity. Um, that's, that's a, I, I really like that. I, that 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 bodes well for the team. Uh, yeah, don't let Dansby get hot. Don't don't let Dansby get hot. 
because he's okay. got some friends and they hot too. That's right. All right. Dansby Swanson has a posse. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was a horrible reference. T-shirt. Uh, oh, jeez. Oh, wait. So they had to like, wait. So they had to like draw his face Andre the Giant style? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll see what I can do. You know what you have. All right. So, okay. So, so the roster moves are made. The lineup adjustments are made. So, not going to lie. When this news broke, like, I understand that Jorge, so Jorge was not exactly lighting it up here in the, here in the DS, but it did, like, suddenly feel like, oh, no, like, this is one of those things where, yeah, that's, that's my thought exact, this is, this is the thing that, that is, like, the trigger for everything going wrong, like, we've seen these things before, yep, and then, what is it? The second, third inning, maybe? No, 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 no. That, that, no, no. That, that, that's Monday's game. That Adam Duvall forgot how to run the bases. <laughs> oh no, he did that in Game Four as well. I, well. I, well no, no, I, I know he did no it again. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So, Game Four starts as you mentioned. First three innings, pretty much a pitcher's duel. Both teams had some missed opportunities. And then we get to the fourth inning. And then chaos ensues. Yes. Yes, it did. So uh, the the Brewers strike first uh, on a Navarez single to center, uh, scoring a run. Uh, so they take a one nothing lead in the fourth. Uh, Lorenzo Kane follows that up with another single to center, scoring the second run. Brewers take a 2 to nothing lead. And, you know, after after the... After this Solaire news, fourth inning, you're you're down two to nothing. It's you you start to to feel like you know the way this story goes. Right. And and then suddenly the the Braves start playing small ball. They grab a walk and they they grab a couple of small base hits. And then they have the bases loaded with two outs in the bottom of the fourth. And I've seen this movie before. Yeah, and they pinch hit for the pitcher's spot. And they announce that they're going to pinch hit with Orlando Arcia. And that's what's announced in the ballpark. And then the Brewers go and change their pitcher. And since the Brewers changed their pitcher, Snicker subbed in a different pinch hitter, brought in Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario proceeds to single to center, scoring both Riley and Travis, tying up the game at two. The place was going bonkers. I've it, that I will never forget the Eddie chance coming out of that kind of coming out of left field at that point. Right. It was it was amazing, and <laughs> when when Eddie eventually took over. Uh, for for uh, for Guillermo Heredia uh, and took his spot in left field, uh, actually came back and like waved at the crowd and was like, thanks, guys. So uh, rec- he recognized cool. that as well. Loved that. Um, so we tied the ball game up. We're heading into the fifth. It's an entirely new ball game tied at two. Here comes Enoa. 
here comes Waskari Noah. This was the guy that we wanted to see backing up Charlie, right? I think you and I have talked about this. Um, yeah. And, and, and you know, at, it, at first, it didn't look bad. Looked like he had his pitches. He was firing 97, 98 miles an hour. Uh, things were going well. Um, but then he walked Christian Yelich. And then Rowdy Telez comes up and 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 hits an absolute no doubter monster to dead center field. Thing went 448 feet. He could not have possibly gotten any more of that. Yeah, it was it was it was a tank. Okay, so all right, full full disclosure here. Most of these highlights that you are talking about. I had to see afterwards because I was calling calling a football football game game. Tuesday night. Yes. 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 So I, so I, I left my office, uh, right at five o'clock, right as first pitch hit. And I had an, about an hour's drive to get to the high school that I was calling at Tuesday night, um, calling on Tuesday night because it was a makeup game. Um, so they had to get it in, uh, so the home team could play again tomorrow. So they're putting in two games in, in one week, essentially. But anyway, um, so I got to listen. I think when I when I got to the football field, it was it was like the top of the third. Okay. Okay. So, so right so when yeah, the action I, was about to begin. Yeah. Yeah. So I get there within I don't know ten fifteen minutes. We're ready to go on air for our pregame show. Pregame show starts. It's 30 minutes. And then we get into our 7 o'clock kickoff that night. And so by this time, first commercial break, I look down at my phone. I believe at that point, we are down 2 to nothing. So, mind you, my broadcast partner for football is a huge, 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 huge Dodgers fan. Yes. Grew up in L.A., Lived out there for most of his life before moving here in the in the late 90s. But, you know, he likes asking me about the Braves. He likes kind of keeping up with them, too, since that's kind of this region's team, you know, so to speak, whatnot. So Brewers go up two to nothing. I'm looking at the score on my phone in the MLB app, and I kind of like pointed at him to show him, and he rolls his eyes, you know, because I, I think he, you know, he wanted Atlanta to win the divisional series, too. I think that was his thing. So he kind of rolls his eyes. I'm like, okay. Next commercial break. I check my phone again. Hey, we've tied it up. It's now two to two. Awesome. Football play goes on. Next commercial break. I look at my phone. Rowdy Tillis has hit an absolute piss missile to dead center over Chattahoochee Falls. We're now down four to two. Okay, great. Carry on, Alex. Oh, boy. And, and before I continue, I, I, I got to say, I've I've been to a lot of baseball games. Uh, right. I've been, been to a, been to a bunch of postseason games. Um, I, I've never I've never felt uh, a tension throughout an entire ballpark like like I was feeling this past Tuesday. Um, right. From from the first pitch of the game, it felt like the the bottom of the ninth. Like it was just just like nail biting 
nerves from every single person in that building the entire night. And and the way that the scoring came about only made that worse. Yeah. Um, so uh, continuing on with the drama, uh, Braves down four to two after the aforementioned Rowdy Telez piss missile. So we get into the fifth inning, have to respond again after just having responded to scoring the previous inning. So we get we 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 managed to load the bases with the top of the order. Uh, we've we've got we've got Albies, Riley, and Duvall on base. Jock Peterson comes up to the plate. Got the start this night for the first time in the entire series. Uh, grounds into a fielder's choice, but gets to first before the throw. So the Eight. run scores. Braves are, Braves uh, but trail only four to three now. Uh, uh, Peterson is immediately followed by Travis Darno, who manages to single to right, and then Riley scores, and the game's tied again at four all. So Brewers score two, Braves score two, Brewers score two, Braves score two. We're knotted up at four in the fifth inning, and and it is just, uh, uh, it was brutal, dude. It was, <laughs> it was absolutely brutal. I was. I was just like fidgeting nervously the entire right. time. Um, so, okay. so, so, okay. I, th- I think it's one thing like to be in your, to be in your shoes and to be at the game and living like pitch by pitch in the moment, in the atmosphere, you know, as I think, it, then I think it's another thing, you know, for everybody else that was sitting at home watching, you know, on the edge of their couch, you know, trying to just seeing the roller coaster that this game was. And then consider me, who is not able to see what's going on at all and is living and dying by a score on the MLB app in between commercial <laughs> breaks where I'm trying to take I'm trying to take stats of a football game. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, dear God, we're down two runs. What are we going to do? <laughs> so that's the world I was living in. Oh, man. And 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 you know what? I, I feel like. I feel like those are very similar worlds. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, I we Helpless, despite all of us, despite how brutally different the situations were, we were experiencing the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so so we get out of the fifth. Uh, scores knotted at four. Okay. Cool. We're we're back to square one. We 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 have a chance again. We're not trailing. So. Uh, both bullpens come in and do their thing for two innings. No score again. Uh, Tyler Matzik comes in and absolutely drags it all over the mound, as we're accustomed to him doing at this point, gets us out of the eighth. So we get to the bottom of the eighth. And and in what in what was a good move, and if we were playing this game again tomorrow, would still be a good move, Craig Council brings in his closer, arguably the best closer in all of baseball, in Josh Hader, for uh, presumably uh, two innings of work. So uh, Josh Hader comes in. Uh, I, I forget if, if uh, he had faced one or two batters before anything happened. 
Um, but the first it, 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 it was two. There, there, there were two outs. The first two batters that he faced, um, he he looked like Josh Hader, and right. he was he was just up there toying with him. To the point where I was like, well, I guess we're going to extras because that's <laughs> that's the only way we're getting any runs is if we see another pitcher here. Enter one Frederick Charles Freeman. First pitch. I believe it was an 87 mile an hour changeup. High in the zone. Freddie turns on it and blasts it. Blasts it 428 feet to left center field, and Atlanta came unglued. I have never heard Truist Park go that crazy in all of my life. It is it 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 it, it sur- somehow managed to surpass the the Ronald Acuna Grand Slam against the Dodgers. It was the wildest scene I, I I've ever seen. It was crazy. It was insane. I was. <laughs> I I I mentioned this on Twitter. I was jumping around so much when that happened uh, that my wallet actually flew out of my back pocket, and I had no idea. Good lord! I I, I didn't I didn't know it was gone, and then uh, and then I I. I forget. I think I went to uh, to grab a hot dog or something in between innings, and I. I I, tur- I reached for my wallet and it, it wasn't there. And I look on the ground behind me and and there it is unfolded uh, like ID out and everything laying on the ground and must have been there for for 10 or 15 minutes. Ah! Um, dodged a <clears throat> bullet, obviously, on that one. Uh, but cheers to uh, to the entire uh, Truist Park uh, left center field, standing room area only people, um, for for not having run off with my wallet. Uh, I, I digress. So uh, Josh Hader gets the last out of the inning. Braves lead five to four going into the top of the ninth. We bring in Will Smith. Will Smith does what he has done so consistently for the last month. And just absolutely shuts it down. Uh, and and I know this is this has been shown and pointed out on, on social media, but uh, I, I wish I could have been closer to the action so I could have recognized this in, in real time. The last pitch of the game that Will Smith oh, man. threw to 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 uh, Christian Yelich. Um. He so. So he takes a he, he takes a, a decent sized leg kick in his motion. That's just just what he does. And he's not he's not a a Marcus Stroman or a Johnny Cueto type who's going to be up there playing around with his delivery a lot. He, he I in fact, I don't believe he ever had done it before that pitch. He's got two strikes, two outs in the top of the ninth to send the Braves to the National League Championship Series. He he does a short leg lift and quick pitches Yelich, strikes him out. Yelich was walking back to the dugout before the pitch even hit Travis's glove. It was unbelievable. 
Will Smith. And, and Yelich looked awful distraught when he left Truist Park that night, too. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> That's my favorite thing I've done this and, week. And it, it was... It was one of it was one of the most brilliant pitching moves uh, I think I've ever seen for a Brave because it was so unexpected. Like he he had been he he could have been saving that move up for his entire career just to use it on Tuesday night to to win the National League Division Series for the Braves. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, and, and I know I have been very critical of Will Smith. At a lot of times during this season, uh, but at this point, uh, since uh, since September nineteenth, Will Smith has pitched nine full innings of baseball. In those nine full innings, he has allowed one unearned run and two hits, striking out fourteen batters in those nine innings. Um. It's time for me to say, I'm sorry, Will. I'm sorry. You have you have you have earned it. You have earned the benefit of the doubt. You you're our guy. You're our guy. You got you got three saves in the National League Division Series. Cheers to Will Smith, elite closer for the Atlanta Braves. All right. So I want to I want to step back to to the eighth inning. Of course. We'll, we'll go to adventures in, hey, in Cam. I mean, why why just step back? I want to live in that eighth inning for the rest of my life. All right, so here's how I lived in the eighth <laughs> inning. Ready for this? Ready yeah. for this? Okay. All right. So uh, we're in a commercial break. We're we're in the fourth quarter at this point. It's a it's a running clock because it's a blowout game. Yeah, things are moving, so I'm able to kind of look at my phone a little more frequently, and I look down. And I see that Josh Hader is in, and I think he's already got the one out. Dansby's up now. Dansby's down, like, two strikes already. It's like a 1-2 or 0-2 count, maybe, even. And so I'm like, oh, gosh. Like, all right. Council brought in the big guns here in the eighth. And obviously, he'll be out there for the ninth. And so we come back from commercial. I have to put my phone down. So I'm sitting there watching action out on the field, taking notes, and my phone lights up. I have my phone sitting on the table with me, and I look down, and I have a text from friend of the show, Josh Goldberg. And in all caps, close your ears, kids, it says, fucking Freddy, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. At which point, I knew what had happened. So sure enough, I'm able to check the score quickly enough to see that we are now up five to four. And oh boy, let me tell you, when you have a live microphone in front of you <laughs> and you cannot react to something, it is a uh, it is an odd, odd feeling. So I, I'm picturing someone listening to the broadcast going, "Why, why, why did, why was Cam going?" <laughs> Around 930. <laughs> All right. So also uh, um, not just we, a quick bullet point. Um, sure. Was that not the longest nine inning baseball game that uh, I'm sorry, eight and a half inning baseball game that's ever occurred? Let me put it to you this way. 
Um, I drove and listened to the first hour of that game. I called a high school football game all four quarters. And I still got to see the ninth inning during our postgame show. It, <clears throat> it was an eternity. So we we get to our we get to our post game show and there's a lot more frequent commercials because we have a lot of sponsors to go through and, and things of that nature. So we go to commercial. I bring I, I I have the YouTube TV app on my phone. I pull it up, and we are sitting there literally watching the ninth inning during our commercial break. We see that little BS you know bloop hit to lead off the inning little single, little flare out the center, like got just enough of it to put it in the outfield, basically. And of course my broadcast partner immediately starts going, uh oh. Here we go. Uh oh. Because he is well aware of Will Smith's turbulent history this season. And then uh Colton Wong fouls out on a bunt. That was I <laughs> Oh and it sounded goodness. like the place exploded when that happened. Absolutely, it did. So it it felt like it felt like when that happened, that let all of the air out of the balloon for the Brewers. Oh, 100 percent. That that was comp- you know they went into that inning with a game plan, get somebody on base, bun them over, try. They were going for the tie, and all of a sudden that didn't work. Um. And then, of course, you know, strike out, strike out in the game. So, strike three hits Travis's mitt on Yelich. Cue our intro music to come back from commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you have ever had to try to lose your shit silently. <laughs> it is extremely difficult. Alex, uh, I tell you, I am literally standing in the booth, headset on, my phone's on the desk, jumping up and down as my broadcast partner is welcoming folks back from commercial. I am literally losing my mind as quietly as I can. Oh, um, so so there was... There was a moment which uh, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of, um, but it certainly happened while you were calling that game uh, that that we missed talking about. Um, honestly, I forget if it was in the fourth or the fifth inning at this point. Um, but okay, so Adam Duvall oh, is this, is the the botched call. Adam Duvall is at the plate. Uh, right. Hits a lazy pop up. Uh, probably 10, 15 feet down the third baseline uh, in play, but in foul territory. Um, and the, the, the catcher goes to catch it and he misreads it grossly and has to dive for it and ends up flipping the ball, like, like tossing the ball out of his glove back up into the air at which point Urias, the third baseman for the Brewers, is sprinting over. And fr- from my angle, uh, the ball was on the other side of Urias, so I couldn't see what happened. But he dove to catch the tipped ball, um, and and they called Duval out. 
on uh, on even if that had been the case, one of the crazier outs I've ever seen. Um, and then the umpires go to replay. They they go to replay and they take the headsets off and they tell Duval to to get back in the box. Uh, he didn't catch the ball. Um, so he's he's not out. It was a foul ball. And then somehow, within about 10 seconds of of making that call and the stadium going crazy because the video board and everything said call overturned, they decide, oh wait, that's that's not a reviewable play. The call on the field was out, the call on the field stands. Uh. Uh, Full disclosure, and, I I have avoided actually seeing this clip because I know I'll just get angry. Uh, and and he and he quite clearly um, did not catch the ball. Uh, he he absolutely did not catch that. Um, and and somehow the the umpires, in their infinite wisdom, forgot that you can't review that play. Whoops. I don't understand how any of that happens. And it was, it was, there wasn't a single person in the entire stadium who had any clue what was going on. Right. Because we, within, seriously, this is, we're talking a span of like 45 seconds. We got called out on the field, going to replay, replay overturns the call. Oh, wait, he's actually out. Um, and, and yet again, just like pregame when they made the Solaire announcement, everybody, and the guy that, a guy that I didn't know standing next to me, I heard him say, oh, this is the infield fly rule again. That's how conditioned we are as Braves fans to, to, to look for that moment where things start to go south. And try to recognize it in real time, so we're not so disappointed at the end like we were the other times it happened. <sighs> it was it was wild. But can I just can I, can I just say that? Yes. Let, 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 let's turn things back on on a on a much happier note. That that was Freddie's career moment. Absolutely. No? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I hope not. I hope in the well, next no, 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 no. I, I mean, yeah, like, like thus far, yeah. But yeah, to as as we sit here today on Friday, uh, October fifteenth, twenty twenty one, that is Freddie Freeman's career defining moment. There is no close second. Yeah, it's just it. It's so good. His, his emotion, you know how. The curtain call, like it's all and you just... don't you don't see Freddie get fired up like that. Freddie does no, not no, absolutely does not get fired up like that. But man, yeah. that was special. That Tremendous. was really something. Tremendous stuff. Absolutely love it. All right. So so Braves, Braves have defeated the Brewers. Braves defeat the Brewers three games to one. Heading back to the National League Championship Championship Series for the second season in a row. 
all that's left now to find out who they play. Because Giants-Dodgers is going to a Game 5. A Game 5 that happened yesterday in San Francisco. And and was an almost equally uh, crazy game. Um, I, we won't go into as much detail on that as we did the Braves, obviously. Dodgers end up winning. But again, just like in the Braves game, pretty much everybody's talking about how bad the um, a, a call by the umpires were. Uh, and... In this situation, the uh, the Giants are down two to one in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, Wilmer Flores is at bat, uh, two strikes against him, and Max Scherzer, who is acting as the closer for the Dodgers, uh, throws a throws throws a ball outside, and Wilmer kind of kind of motions towards it and moves his bat a little bit. Didn't come anywhere close to to going halfway around. Uh, but they appeal down to the first base ump and uh, and up rings them up. And that's the end of the game. Yeah. Were you watching yeah. that one, Cam? I, I, no, I was not. I was asleep. <laughs> I, but I, 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 saw it, not, I saw it this morning. I can't even fathom what it would be like if if that had happened on the last strike of the Braves' last game of the season. Can you even imagine how insane that entire stadium would have gone? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know... They, would have, I... ta- they would have had to have taken the umpires out in armored trucks. Especially, you know, the the tying run was on and, you know, the go-ahead run at the plate. And, you know, if you call that a ball like it should have been and he checked his swing, who knows what the next swing could have brought. You just, you don't he may know. Well, he may well have struck out on the next pitch or the pitch after that. Um, but he sure as hell didn't strike out on the pitch they rung him up on. Oh, boy. And likewise, he could have put it in the left field seats and we'd be playing the Giants. Yep. So, long story short, Dodgers defeat the Giants three games to two, and we have a rematch of the 2020 National League Championship Series. Atlanta Braves versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. No neutral site this time. And plot twist, the 88-win Atlanta Braves have home field advantage over the 106 win Los Angeles Dodgers. You gotta love it. Gotta love it. You know, Alex, I think we could easily say that the Braves stock is pretty high right now. No? I would say so. Well, speaking of stocks, I want to give you another quick reminder to check out Symbol. That's S I M B U L L. Latest sponsor of the Chatting Average podcast on Symbol. You can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Visit Symbol.com. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L. Create your free account, and when you deposit, 
make sure you use the promo code SD, that's SD for sports drink, and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose, even if things don't work out in your favor, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. And Alex, you know where you can talk about Symbol with other folks? Where's that camp? Spotify Green Room. Guys, you already know the deal. Spotify Green Room, audio-only platform. Hop on, chat sports with like-minded fans, athletes, journalists alike, podcasters like Alex and myself. Free to download iOS, Android devices. Spotify Green Room, chat about it on there today with your favorite average chatters. Love it. All right. Well, like we said, we are heading into another war with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And guys, I I think everybody somewhere in their brain knew that if the Braves were going to have any chance of getting to the World Series in 2021, that that road was going to go through Los Angeles. And by God, here we are. So we have game one in Atlanta, the first National League Championship Series game played in Atlanta, Georgia in 20 years. Yeah, um, kind of fitting. You know, it's, it, it, it's really interesting. And, you know, as, as you said, L.A. is the team to beat in the National League if you want to go to the World Series, plain and simple. Um, the Giants gave it their best shot, and they came pretty darn close. But, you know, it's 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 really interesting now going into going into a rematch uh, of last year's series. And there's going to, you know, and ad nauseum, we're going to we're going to hear the comparisons of last year's series to this. And, um, you know, last year, it, it it's it's so interesting coming coming into this last year. The Braves were such an offense heavy team. They were offense heavy that had a really good bullpen. So what that meant was that they might allow a few runs early in the game, but the offense could often bail them out, and then the bullpen could often tighten it down. But what happened in that series against the Dodgers, it felt like, first off, it didn't help that we played seven days in a row. So this year, coming into a normal playoff format, you have your scheduled off days like you're supposed to. So that's, without a doubt, to the Braves' benefit, just from a rest standpoint. But the the starting rotation was such a big question mark for Atlanta in that seven-game series, and I feel like ultimately that's really what hurt us, is that we just kind of ran out of steam, ran out of gas, plus losing Adam Duvall in game one due to a strained oblique. That killed us, too, because that's one less bat, you know, go, going through the rest of that series. This year, it it, it, I swear, it just it feels like Atlanta just has a more well-rounded team than last year for for uh, this for the, for, the, for this type of moment. I like, I totally I, agree. I, uh, I don't know if the offense is necessarily as great. I don't think the bullpen is necessarily as great as they were last year. But starting pitching is without a doubt better, and the offense is good enough, and the bullpen is good enough that there's not. And the bench is great. You know, the bench is much better than it was at this point last year. So I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I just, I really don't 
No, but I think, again, it goes kind of goes back to the point that we've been talking about for so long is that, you know, it feels like it feels like house money at this point that, you know, it, it, with everything that happened this year, it feels incredible to have come this far. But, you know, you can't help but have a little a little bit of confidence coming into this, especially when you consider that this team is now a year older, a year wiser and a year more experienced when it comes comes to this type of atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, at this point. I, I think our top three pitchers can can match up with the top three pitchers from any team. If if we can if we can do what we did against the Milwaukee Brewers with the horses that they had coming out to the mound every day, uh, I I don't nobody's starting pitching scares me that much. Um, right. That I mean, and especially considering that the the Dodgers are presumably still going to be without Clayton Kershaw for the remainder of the postseason. Um, uh, yeah, it certainly sounds that way. The Dodgers might be without Clayton Kershaw, period, moving forward because that's Kershaw, true. Kershaw on. Um, so, so pitching matchup wise for the first game of the NLCS, we are looking at Max Freed against Max Scherzer. And, and you know, Scherzer's a Scherzer's a scary dude on the mound, no doubt. But if if there's any team in baseball that knows Max Scherzer as well yeah. as the Braves, I, I don't know who on earth it is. We've been dealing with this guy for the better part of a decade. We know him and we've beaten him. Heck, we we've beaten him this year. We have, indeed. Um and I mean, and we know what Max Freed can do. Uh, I, I don't think that is a, a, a clear win for the Dodgers by any means. And then uh, we don't know who's going to be pitching uh, in what order after that. Uh, it'll either be Ian Anderson or Charlie Morton. And I think to an extent that's going to hinge on what happens in game one. But at our, our bullpen is is pitching lights out right now. Uh, for the last month and a half or so, uh, the bullpen has has gone from a liability to a strength. Um, nobody seems to be able to touch Matzik, Jackson, and Smith at this point. Um, so you've got essentially that three-headed monster at the back end of the bullpen. And as long as things go reasonably well for your starters, pitching almost is, isn't something you have to worry about so much. Now, don't get me wrong. That does not by any means mean we're going to shut out the Dodgers for four games right, in, right, right. in the NLCS. We're not. They're, they're, they're a behemoth offensively. But we, there's no reason to look at any game in the NLCS and say, oh, well, the Dodgers are going to win that one. Right, right. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. It, it, it's so... It's so just it's fascinating to me that we go through we go through this big, long, you know, 162 game season plus, you know, the first round of the playoffs. And we get to this point that, you know, a year ago when when we lost in game in game seven, it, you know, there, there were a lot of people that said that said, you know, well, there went your. You know, I saw a lot of people saying that there went your one chance because folks felt like, you know, everything just went so right 
for the Braves to have gotten to that point. And then there were plenty of folks saying, that's okay, we'll be back next year. You know, and I, I was kind of part of the latter where I felt like, you know, we were darn close and daggummit, we've got, we've got this same core coming back. We'll add to it. And, you know, there's no reason we can't get back to this point this year. And then we go through the season that we had. And, you know, by, you know, late June, early July, when you lose Ronald and everything has happened, then you start to wonder, gosh, is this season, you know, maybe a wash? Like, it's going to be really tough to get back to this point. And, you know, things go right enough that you get in. But, I don't know, you, you get you get to you get to this point now where you're about to play the Dodgers who, you know, the uh, Two out of the last three seasons, two two out of the last three postseasons has knocked you out. The first time in 2018, you had the one very memorable game, but then other than that, you really weren't in the series. No, no. But then and, again, and- you also you also weren't supposed to win the division that year. You were you were a year early, as a lot of people tried to say, and you were you know you kind of got lost in the lights and it was overwhelming for a lot of that team. And then, you know, in 2019, the Cardinals and their devil magic happened. And, you know, that that's one that's always going to kind of eat at me because, gosh, we had a really good team that year. And we, I, without a doubt, I do believe we would have beaten Washington in the National League Championship. Absolutely. And we were, we were better than the Cardinals anyway. It just, yes, we were. It was just poorly. Yep. Yep. Um, just, the, yeah. the the thing that I think is is worth pointing out going into the NLCS is, you know, the the last three seasons in the postseason, there have been fair questions uh, about this squad's readiness for the postseason because we're 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 still a very young team. And, and, you know, 2018, 2019, even some guys in 2020 didn't have a lot of postseason experience. Well, we're at the point now where, let's look at our young guys. Austin Riley. He's in his second postseason. It's not his first rodeo. Uh, Dansby Swanson. He, this is his fourth postseason. Ozzie Albies. This is his fourth postseason. These guys... Who, who we, I think, still look at to an extent as our super young core. They are that, but they, they've gone through this before. They know right. what it's like to lose those games. They know how to win those games. These, this, this team has gone from an inexperienced young core to now this is a battle-tested lineup. Right, and, and every then, you single know, guy in this lineup has postseason experience and and knows how to how to handle themselves in the postseason. And then I I would say to add to that core, you know, you've got Max Freed, likewise, fourth time now coming into the postseason. But then now you have the additions of a guy like a Jock Peterson, who you know Snicker talked about not having a heartbeat in moments like these because he's just he is so cool under the pressure because he's been here so often. And then you got a guy like Charlie Morton, you know, really kind of leading your pitching staff who again, big game, Charlie, he's earned that nickname for a reason. 
you know, this is a guy who has been to the absolute top of the mountain, you know, and pitched at the absolute highest level possible and knows what it takes to get there. And daggone it, you know, gave us two tremendous starts in the DS. I don't know. There's just, I, I, I think, I think the word about this year's Braves team, especially what we're seeing in the postseason already is maturity. Absolutely. Like team, I, I, I really, I really think that's, that's the defining factor of this team above last year, which at the time last year, I, I truly thought they, they were the team and they, they nearly were. I really did. But then there's something about this team this year that there's just a maturity about them. There's this, there's this understanding of the level of the moment, but it feels like it's just being handled so much better because I tell you, in 28, well, in, in, you know, two or three years ago, a game like like what happened on Tuesday where you're down by two, you tie it, you're down by two again, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if two or three years ago, if we come back to tie it again, I don't know if those teams would have had that kind of grit. You know, I know they were the comeback Braves in those seasons, but you know, in a moment like that, you have to wonder about a young team just kind of rolling over. Whereas this team doesn't necessarily have that. They're mature enough to just stay level-headed and get things done. It feels like. And and tell me this, Cam. Yes. What on earth are you gonna throw at this Braves team that they haven't dealt with? Like this season has been nothing but horrible things happening over and over and over again. And somehow, every single time, whether it be starting the season with Freddie hitting under 200 for the first month and a half, to to losing Ronald Acuna Jr., to getting to uh, a possible clincher in the NLDS and, and losing your leadoff hitter uh, minutes before the game, like what? What are you gonna throw at this team that they can't handle? What's gonna scare these guys? Nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. These kids are ready, and it's their time. Why not us? Why not now? Braves in seven. I like it. I like it. All right, we are going to wrap it up, guys. But before we do, uh, a, a friend of the show, Sam Near, has left us a voicemail. So uh, <laughs> as a reminder, uh, if you ever have any questions or comments for the show, feel free to give us a call and, uh, and leave us a voicemail or a text message uh, with your thoughts. Uh, you can do that at 678-242-9408. So let's see what Sam has to say. What's shaking bacon? Hey, Sam here, the number one Braves fan in North County, San Diego. I just wanted to congratulate you guys. Huge accomplishment, reaching 69 episodes. Can't think of a nicer accomplishment. It can't come at a better time going into the NLCS. Can't really think of any other team podcasts that are probably having their 69th episode going into their series. So I'm going to give my series preview now. I predict Braves in three, Austin Riley, 69 home run. Have a good one. Yes. <laughs> I love it. That is the energy we need going into this. These guys are going to go in and mash. They are ready. 
It is game time. Beat LA. Let's do it. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.